Welcome to Out of the Woods, the Threat Hunting Podcast. Hey everyone, here at the Information Security Summit here in Cleveland. And I want to welcome another edition of the Out of the Woods Threat Hunting Podcast. This is Scott Poley, and today is a special edition where we get to have an in-depth conversation with our guest, Pat Shannon. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I like to do as we um, introduce guests to our audience is to get the audience a feel for kind of who you are, wh- where you started to end up where you are today, and what are some of the key milestones that you like to identify that, that were um, big factors of that? Okay. No, and... Um... No, I got kind of a accidental start in the whole YT uh, arena. I, um, I'll even throw this out there. I failed out of chemical engineering uh, school as a freshman at the University of Texas. My roommate was a bartender, and oh, okay. they didn't go together. And uh, so I, my sister was an IBM rep and got me a job in uh, the data library, Mountain, the old mag tapes in the old 3090 shop. And, and so and one of my very first duties uh, was in addition to hanging and, and mounting the tapes, was um, taking them off site every day, the backup tapes. Yeah. It was cybersecurity, backup, uh, disaster recovery, and would take them off site. So I didn't realize I was in cybersecurity <laughs> back then, but uh, that's, that's as a 19 year old, that's what I did. I worked through a data, it worked in a data center uh, throughout college, and, um, and I ended up graduating with a finance degree from the University of Houston. And was geared and wanting to go work for IBM because my okay. sister worked there. I worked in an IBM shop. IBM was the first time they weren't actively hiring right out of college. And it was before the year or two before they had their first layoffs ever. So, But I ended up getting hooked up with the company CompuServe, okay. Ohio base, uh, Columbus, Ohio base, which was, um, you know, the one division was their information security service. So I was on the internet a decade before the internet was there. And, but I worked for their um, commercial division, worked with um, enterprise accounts and selling their wide area networking services and did that for a decade. Great way to start my, uh, my career. And I, I was in a sales role, account yeah. management, sales, and very quickly got, to get in the, got into management. But the thing that attracted me about CompuServe was, again, they were run by ex-IBMers. So uh, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't get into IBM, which was my goal. And then I got into uh, CompuServe with their, and their, they had a formal training program. And so that was a great indoctrination into the industry, into sales. And um, it really was there the whole time. And uh, I mean, been in the sales arena of the high tech industry uh, the whole time. I um, Shortly after that, I um, went to go work for WorldCom just prior to the world, I mean, no, MCI. Went to go work for MCI just prior to the WorldCom um, merger. Got to meet Bernie Evers at the uh, and that been Bernie was the old uh, CEO of um, of WorldCom, and I got to meet him before he went to prison. But then uh, we got um, I worked for a, a, a wireless startup where I really started getting into cyber again. Okay, okay? and we had I don't know how white hat we had hackers on our team, and these guys taught me. Nothing you do is secure, <laughs> and I learned, and I already knew that from CompuServe. I already, I know, I still remember the name of the uh, the old security director at CompuServe because it was that much of a focus just really from the get go. And went through a couple other jobs, worked for France Telecom for a few years, but then got hooked up with a um, 
a firm out of San Antonio that did pen testing, vulnerability management, and among other things, security awareness training uh, for banks and credit unions primarily. Mm -hmm. And we had our own proprietary vulnerability uh, platform, um, which was, uh, you know, rivaled the Qualys and, and Tenables of the world. We had a world-class team of pen testing, pen testers, um, including um, the guy who wrote Metasploit, H.D. Moore. Yeah. Okay. H.D. was one of our founding em employees, sat in the office right behind me. Oh, cool. We had nothing else in common. He was a brilliant <laughs> technologist and, and, uh, and I was, uh, I was a sales guy. And, but then the, the but the, while we had excellence in those two areas, we had a horrible security awareness training program. So that's how I kind of got the idea to, to, to address this because I've, I haven't mentioned to this point, I have a brother who went through university of Houston with me, started doing stand up comedy right out of high school yeah. and parlayed that into a very successful comedy career. Uh, we're taking getting writing jobs with In Living Color, uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Vibe, uh, House of Buggin', and ultimately nine year, a nine-year run with Saturday Night Live during the Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Jimmy Fallon era. And um, so I approached my employer at that time back in 20, what, 2012 and said, I got an idea to where we can have a world-class security awareness training program and it was comedy based. My brother wrote it, produced it, directed it. Uh, we had Fred Willard, a Clevelandite. Uh, is it a Clevelandite? Is that what you call it? Somebody from Cleveland? Uh, officially from Cleveland, so I got out. Or is it a Clevelander? I don't know what it is. Clevelander. Okay, like a Michigander. It's a Clevelander. Uh, but anyway, Fred Willard was our was the boss in our in our office parody and got just instant re you know grave uh, reviews. Gartner ranked it as the Magic Quadrant leader right out of the box, two years running, and and I, and frankly had the it was the best time, the most fun I had in my career, you know, developing that pro, uh, program with my brother and taking it to market and having such a huge success with it. Um, that that company uh, chose not to evolve the program, um, but and it's since been sold and and uh, renamed and and no longer exists as it as it did when I worked there. So. I wanted to get back into that space where I had so much fun, but also where it's still highly neglected. My my old URL for my first training program was nomoreboringtraining.com, okay? And that was really our mantra, you know? And this was something as we wanted to get back into this, I did want to do the same old thing, okay? And there's plenty of compliance programs out there, phishing platforms, all that stuff no interest in doing any of that. I coexist with those solutions mm -hmm. and that, but that's what kind of got me to this point to where I, what, what, what is this market lacking and what is it missing? And it's in the whole pro, the whole uh, cyber security education, you know, industry is about the best platform for the company, the best CISO tools for the CISO, mm -hmm. uh, the, the things you need to check the box and be compliant. The, the end user is the last thing considered. And that is what we, you know, that's our forte. And so that's kind of how I got to this point. We've developed a program that coexists with all these other programs versus trying to replace them. And, you know, most security awareness programs, and this is my, including my clients, they train once a year and then 
uh, they fish the heck out of you the rest of the year. So it's like, wow, that's not very sporting of you, right? <laughs> Let's give these guys a chance. And that's what our program, it's, it's called Cyber Tips. Um, cyber Tips and Reminders is really what it is. Uh, and, um, you know, and our clients have really helped evolve how we drive and, and have developed that content. But, uh, um, but we wanted to have something fun and catchy. Um, we also wanted to work, uh, make, do a co comedy program that would be corporate acceptable. And so one of our, uh, we released this out in 2020 and ran it by, had, a, had an old colleague, an old part, uh, client that was working for the city of New York okay. uh, and the New York City Cyber Command. And they loved it. They loved the video. We showed them the first year program. They go, well, we got to run it through HR. So <laughs> yeah. we'll get back to you. So uh, they came back to us and they said they approved 23 of the 24 videos without any changes. And they go, we're sold. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And th this is an audience of 300,000 employees. And the one, the one video they didn't like was one where we kind of picked on grandma in a fun natured way. Yeah. But they said, hey, we have a lot of Grand, yeah, grandma's working yeah, yeah. and uh they said we don't want to even risk uh uh ticking them off so and it was just a kind of a fun bit on gift card scams and yeah. if your grandma's in it, it doesn't matter if it's your boss or your grandma i go especially your grandma because either she's getting duped herself or granny's in on the scam <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we took that one out but they used the program and you know that's what um you know in addition to all the accolades and and uh credentials my brother has He's also written for Disney, nope. and he's written for other, you know, so he knows how to adapt that writing style. But um, now that, that, you know, we're blessed to have, to, you know, blessed to have him because he is an elite comedy sketch writer. Mm -hmm. If you look at his career and, uh, and really the influence he's had, and if you ever see anybody famous, you ever see Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey out in the marketplace, don't yell their name to get their attention. Just say, hey. That's that's Tishon Shannon, and little head will spin around so fast to see Tishon where Tishon is. And and a, a footnote, a couple footnotes on my brother. His name's Timothy Sean Shannon, but he goes by T Sean. And um, but he um, he actually gets credited by uh, Tina Fey in her book for wearing for her wearing her glasses on air because when she was auditioning for the uh, Weekend Update role, uh, she was having trouble with her contacts. She put her glasses, and so they said, well, take them out, put your glasses on, let's just practice the reading. She did great, and Sean goes, hey, that's a good look for you. And she actually credits them for her wearing those on on, on the air, which became her um, signature look. And um, But no, and, and the nine years he wrote on SNL, I was um, a frequent visitor up there. Oh, I'm sure. Got to go to the shows, yeah. the after parties, brought clients out to it. And you can't buy those tickets, right? Right, oh yeah. Yeah, you either got to know somebody or get lucky and wait in line and so uh i had nine years of a lot of fun doing that uh with him but this was something uh, uh we've done you know obviously post his snl life okay i'm rambling i'm sorry no you're good okay i was just gonna ask like one of the things i know um when we spoke before and just looking at some of the stuff you know, your target audience like you really are talk about how you're targeting your training to the type of individuals you're actually trying I mean, because you know sometimes a lot of the training and compliance based driven stuff is going towards like standard worker but also it specific but i feel like yours is a little broader as far as you know what you touch what you reach and how you get people engaged yeah and, and i did some i did some research recently for a presentation i did about embracing the end user yeah and there's 4.1 something million 
cybersecurity professionals in the world out of, and I'm going to butcher the numbers, but out of so many billion employed people, but it's 0.14% of the population is in cyber. Okay. okay. I'm going out, I'm trying to address the other 99.8686% of the population. And these are people that have no, you know, um, I guess, invested interest in mm-hmm. cybersecurity, but are touching it every day right. and have to know about this. And that's why, you know, we developed the program to where there are minute long videos. You get in, you get out, you don't try to do too much. Right. You're just trying to keep cyber on their mind, evolve their, you know, their cyber vernacular, their awareness and, um, and, and even just their interest in it. Okay. And, you know, if it starts a dialogue, and I'll give you an example, we have one of them that's a fun one that's just a, hey, back up your data uh, so you don't have to Photoshop your vacation pictures uh, to, to Europe. And it has Tim Meadows holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and you know, like that, in, in a Photoshop fashion. Uh, but then the next one, you know, a couple of seasons later, we have one that talk, breaks it down even further and talks about the three, two, one principle of, back, of backing up your data. So we're trying to help them evolve their knowledge yeah. and that. And, you know, everybody's at home scanning their photos, um, putting everything they have on uh, on digital platforms, digital media. You got to back that up, yeah. you know. And then when when the hurricane comes or the fires come, because they, they come, uh, you grab that hard drive and head out the door and yeah. uh, and things along those lines. So anyway, that that's kind of that's the target audience is is the general population, but you also want to deliver it in a message that's not degrading or, or condescending. There's so much training that it's almost too elementary and, um, and you don't want to, you don't want to talk down to them. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, my brother describes it like this, think, write it as you, as if you're talking to a smart friend, you're having fun. Yeah. It's a fun conversation. Uh, but, um, uh, but you know, the, there's somebody that needs to know this stuff and you're just kind of chatting about it. And that's the other thing where it's like, and we're just having fun yeah. talking about cybersecurity. And that's kind of what our videos boiled out to. Yeah, the one thing I, I know I've seen with security awareness um, that I thought was a, a good approach is, you know, we've done such a good job in industries in general when it comes to safety, right? And how we communicate safety. And it's one of those things where they make it catchy. It's available all the time. You're always exposed to it. But with cybersecurity awareness training, it's like you said, maybe once a month. Or, you know, once a year, if you have to have some sort of compliance check and it's not fun and there's no real catchiness to it. And so I, th- I like how one, you keep it brief and you're able to hit on certain points, but you also make it memorable and fun in some ways. And I think it's uh, almost the same parallel where you're addressing it um, and making it acceptable for everybody um, to basically understand some concepts and apply them and actually share almost a moment together because, you know, it is like, you know, anytime you watch a skit or something fun together and you want to talk about it with your friends or joke on it, or did you see this or, you know, something ridiculous. And that's something that not only if, if you're able to share it with somebody else, you know, there's value there. Right. Yeah. And I think you kind of create that environment. And so I want to, it made me think of a story you told me earlier when you were talking uh, to a lady about your training and it was, we're, this is the baseball card one, right? Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, that thought that was a, a great um, catch on the value and how you bring people into the training and not the training to them, right? Um, so if you want to rehash that story again to kind of explain the, the scope of it, what was going on, but also what was so 
impressive to you. Yeah, yeah. And so this is this was a client that already bought the program. Uh, I was working with them with deploying it and and kind of and helping them plot their strategy. And uh, we had this kind of wild card video I showed her. And this is this was the um, uh, really the inspiration for this particular program. My brother does these little short baseball card theater uh, sketches that he they're on his YouTube channel. And they're just fun little bits with baseball cards. Well, we did one for cybersecurity. And so I'm showing this to um, my client, and she works remote out of her house, and we're Zoom calling, and she's watching this, and she gets to the end, and you just hear, you hear hold on, Richard, get in here. <laughs> and she's calling her husband, and her husband comes in, and uh, and so he, she goes, play it again. And so we play it for him, and he goes, ah, I got that card. Ah, I got that one. And he, but he loved the bit. And so he left. We chatted for a few minutes, and and after he left, I go, how many times have you ever done that? She goes, done what? I said, called your husband in to watch a cyber security video. She goes, never. <laughs> right. Going, exactly. And that's what this is. And and guys, that is, you know, I can't, um, I mean, you got to get out and see them. Seeing, seeing them is believing. They're on our website. You can get samples there. I posted a ton of them on my LinkedIn profile. But it's just making it consumable, enjoyable um, and fun. And I liken it to Schoolhouse Rock. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're a young guy, but you know Schoolhouse I do, Rock. Yeah. And you know what Conjunction yep. Junction, they, everybody always knows Conjunction Junction or I'm Just a Bill. And that stuff was produced in the what, early 70s, maybe, before Probably. you were born. Yeah. Okay, well, I used to see them on Saturday mornings. Everybody remembers them, everybody knows them. And that's what this is is a memorable, you know, this is Schoolhouse Rock for grownups. And for um, and um, without the cartoons and songs and right, that right. stuff, but no, it, and and we've done it. We did a really kind of a we, we created our, our little delivery platform is CSEN, the Cybersecurity Entertainment Network. Yeah, I like so, that. So like ESPN is to sports, CSEN is to cybersecurity, and and it's kind of a fun format. It's kind of a sports desk or sports center meets weekend update kind right. of kind of format. And um, no, it's just been super successful, and and it gives you a lot of um, latitude to do different things. And to your point, uh, recurring sketches. Yeah. So you watch uh, if you watch Jay Leno back in the day, he had his jaywalking. He'd do the interviews, or he did uh, every Monday night. I think he did um, um, headlines or something like that. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon does his thank you notes every Friday. Yeah. yeah. So we have recurring sketches. So we have a, a top 10 list where we mix a topic in with cyber tips. And they're fun. We have rock and roll passphrases. <clears throat> so you're using rock and roll lyrics. Cleveland, Cleveland rocks, right? So we got rock and roll passphrases where you use rock lyrics to build you a, a passphrase. But we use different songs every time. So it's not the same video you're watching over and yeah. over again. We've done, we've featured Joan Jett, Lizzo, uh, Elvis, when the movie, Elvis movie came out. We did um, Kiss, uh, ABBA, did the whole Mamma Mia stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always something fresh, something fun. But if, if you remember the old um, cheerleader sketches on SNL with Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry, <laughs> and they, as soon as they came on screen, um, the place went nuts, went nuts. Hey, all right, there's that anticipation right. before they did one bit, okay? And that's what that's that familiarity you get with these recurring sketches. And and we've got a few of them, uh, Bait Shop, 
Uh, we did just started an AI update desk. Uh -huh. And so, uh, <clears throat> so but anyway, we're always evolving new content and, and new ideas, but also with a, you know, high level production, high end talent, um, and, um, and just a pr very professional deliverable. And so anyway, that's it. Yeah. So I was just going to ask, I mean, I know obviously you guys have a lot of different materials and you have ways to kind of build on materials you already have. What is the frequency at which you guys are pushing material out? Is there a cadence that's pretty standard or is it kind of like you have peaks and valleys in that or what's the consistency there? Yeah. So we've gotten our production process down to a T. Okay. Okay. And, um, and we can pretty much move very quickly to produce what we need to produce. Uh, we've had some shoots, we've done as many as 30 videos and other mini shoots we, where we might go in and do a dozen. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what we, what, but there's 52 weeks in a year. There's, you know, uh, 22 work, working days in October. So, I mean, it's around that, that sweet spot of about 80 videos a year okay. that, that we're shooting for. And then the kind of, they're kind of produced on demand. So we did a mini shoot just on AI because it became the hot topic yeah. and everybody wanted to include that. So we went out and, you know, instead of waiting to our next quarterly shoot, we just jumped in there, knocked them out and got them, got them to market super fast. So, um, but we also are able to do custom videos and I, and obviously we're a production company. Yeah. So we can do, we can cut, we can do a whole program for somebody to their, to their total specs. But, uh, but we also had clients that have co-branded our, our, our cyber tips program, or we do an alternate ending of the tips we give that oh. exactly matches their policy. Oh, I like that. And, and stuff like that. And I'll give you the rock and roll passphrase is a good example. We, our methodology is the first letter of each word in the, in the lyric. Well, we had a, we had a client that said, we use the whole word and the spaces, the punctuations, and things like that, and so uh, to to make it even more complex, and so we just shot a second, an alternate ending, yeah. and with their methodology versus the one we uh, profess, and and you know that's the thing. I mean, these are general, these are best practices that we're doing, but we absolutely can shoot things to specific client tips and uh, or client uh, policies along those lines so i remember we were discussing earlier and it was kind of along the lines of the success based on the how memorable is your material and you said that you kind of did a blind study to show the success rate when you look at your guys's approach to you know their standard approach can you kind of talk through that because i thought that was a really interesting um factor yeah absolutely so that was and that was a pushback we had when we we released our first comedy-based program was it yes it's funny it's engaging it's well produced right it's got fred willard in it what you yeah. know, how do we know it works? Okay. Every, and, uh, and, you know, we're in the technical world. They want, they want the number. Yeah. So uh, we went to the Poneman Institute, which is Dr. Larry Poneman, renowned cybersecurity uh, expert um, and was always on the government council for, for um, you know, setting standards and whatnot. And his institute took our training and the same exact content using a traditional delivery method mm -hmm. and gave it out to two different focus groups, tested them before they had the training, immediately after, and 90 days later. And our, our group actually had the lower score, a little bit lower score than the first group, than the other focus group, but we blew them away on the short term, but 300% increase in long-term learning gains using our approach. So that goes back 
to the memorable part of that. And I met, I've mentioned Fred Willard twice. I haven't mentioned the Tim Meadows. Have I mentioned Tim? I think you mentioned him briefly. Okay. Yeah. But Tim Meadows, yeah. he's kind of, um, he's the star of uh, the Cyber Tips program. And I think I told you this. It's kind of like, um, he's like Lester Holt on, um, on Dateline. Yeah. All right, everybody knows Lester from the news every yeah. night. But Lester comes in and does the intro on the Dateline, but then has all the other reporters that yeah. do the story. So we're kind of the same way. Tim's in a lot of them, but uh, we also have a great supporting cast, very diverse cast. I mean, we did uh, all these things consciously as we rolled this out. It's not our first rodeo, uh, but there is nothing, and, and, I'll, and I stand by this now, there is nothing like this in the marketplace just as a sustained ongoing campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody else has their training stuff and and other, you know, maybe their micro training or whatever, but nobody has a sustained campaign like we have, nor do they, um, um, nor do, are they using high end, you know, um, comedy resources. Oh, yeah. like that. And my brother, I, I tell you, and I, and I can't toot his horn enough, um, I actually, he, I talked him into moving across the street where neighbors now. Okay. And because uh, he was working everywhere, he lived the whole nine years. He worked in SNL yeah. in New York. He lived in L.A. And, oh wow! And commuted back and forth. That's tough. But that was a doable job because you have SNL is three weeks on, two weeks off, eight yeah. months a year. Okay. So you you and you're so in. It's such a consuming writing environment. You wouldn't be hanging out at home a whole lot anyway yeah, during no. those writing week, production week. So. Um, um, but they worked it out, and their, their marriage survived, and uh, and all that stuff. But it actually, it, and then when I went to go to New York, it was just me and him hanging out, and so that, that, would, <laughs> that was more fun for us. But uh, uh, but that is, um, but but so I convinced him to move across the street because he he's working Chicago, working L.A., working New York, yeah. uh, living anywhere. And uh, I now keep his Emmy right behind my desk. <laughs> so it's in my background whenever I'm doing my Zoom calls. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's a primetime Emmy. Yeah. I'm one of those local <laughs> daytime Emmys. <laughs> so I was curious because you do have such an interesting cast and, and people that you work with. What is their take on your product? Like, how do, do they enjoy the topics? Do they see kind of like the requirements? Do they they have fun with it. Like, how, what's their perspective on all that? Yeah, it's become yeah, it's become real close knit group. It, yeah, and it was um, yeah, they didn't know what to make of it when <laughs> right did it. Um, and uh, you know, and Tim came out and did it, and um, and like I said, we shot this during dur- just as the quarantine was starting to get okay. left it. And uh, we had a fun, crazy story about even getting that produced. But um, uh, Tim was quarantining with his kids in Chicago. Okay. And we couldn't fly it. Texas, I guess, was a dirty state, right, at that point. <laughs> they wouldn't let us fly into Chicago. So we flew into Milwaukee, uh, drove down to Chicago, <laughs> and shot uh, in the studio because my brother just finished doing a gig with uh, WGN Superstation okay. out of Chicago a year, the year prior. So we had all these contacts and resources, and Tim just came down, and he goes, that, no, this is perfect. Uh, it was the first work Tim had done since the shutdown, and it was the and the studio we used was the first shoot they had done uh, since the shutdown. So we kind of were like on the, the, the cusp of the front end of uh, the COVID opening back up. But... Um, but we and, and so with the with the rest of the cast members, they um, we typically shoot them linearly, mm-hmm. so they don't get they see each other coming through and make uh, up and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, we have a, a few bits that uh, they actually every. But that's why everything was that was because of COVID. 
Uh, we couldn't have yeah. anybody together, so we had to shoot them linearly. And then while we have bits that you'll see with two people, they're usually split screen. Okay. Because they were shot separately. And but that's part of my brother being a great director, great uh, you know producer, and uh, and knowing how to how to do these things and um, and how to frame up those shots and, and make that happen. So, um, but no, since then that there's a little more interaction because COVID, you know, obviously yeah. been lifted. But um, no, it's been. Um, but we've got. We, it, they didn't know what to make of it at first, but now they've really grown into their characters and <laughs> and. We we see we see what they do real well, right? And so we write. We're able to write to them even better. And uh, now it's been fun. It's been a fun evolution on that. That's pretty cool. So, one of the 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 lasting questions I usually like to try to hit people with is, as far as when you look at cybersecurity, you know, with the experience, what you've seen, and I'm sure with all the customers you interact with, as far as the kind of training they want or seek, right? If you have you know custom training. What do you see in the space is probably the, your greatest, I wouldn't say fear, but the greatest need that we have in cybersecurity in general that you think is uh, out there? Yeah. Your perspective. I, I mean, I, I think it's the continued, um, yeah, the continued, of you know, reality of the end user being the last consideration. Yeah. And I hate to say this, and I know and these guys have tough jobs. Don't get me wrong. I recognize that. I know it's a stressful position. But one of the things we offer is a bridge beyond just the cybersecurity group. I work routinely with the communications team. I even work with legal groups. Uh, the city of New York had to have the legal guys yeah. look at it. I have, uh, I've got a uh, Fortune um, 200 gas and electric utility. Legal has to approve every video before they go. Oh, yeah. So, but now, but this is also something that can be used as a wellness program. So HR is now involved, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can be used on your onboarding and your in-hire. These work great in a lunch and learn. Yeah, I agree with that. Anytime you have get-togethers, for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's watch it. Yeah, it's so much fun watching it. And, and we're starting to do keynote kind of kickoff events with our clients to come in and make it a fun uh, event. I have clients that love it so much. They they have a launch party every time we kick out. Oh, really? We release a, cool. new, a new season. So I mean that, and that's the kind of who who gets a buzz like that about yeah. cybersecurity? <laughs> right. Nobody. And that and that's what that's what you know. That's my biggest fear is that they're continuing to be ignored, and and you try to do too much. Okay. So even with the micro training and 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 what you might have to do after you follow up from a failed phishing simulation. Um, you know, even that is is it's punishment, it's detention, right? Yeah. You're 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 in trouble. Whereas, you know, we're giving them a chance to be successful. We're keeping it top of mind. We're and, and you know, a lot of our videos aren't just about the workplace. Right. We do stuff on romance scams, uh, online shopping safely at, at during yeah. during the holidays. We do one on online gambling. Not that anybody should be doing that, but <laughs> eighty five billion dollars are being bet every year. So somebody was <laughs> doing it. it. Yeah, so let's make it. Let's do it safely. Um, but no, and and that's that's part of you know making it something in it for them. And um, I've got universities using it now. I've got healthcare organizations, uh, power, energy, fortune companies, global, multinational, fortune 100 companies. And it, it's really for everybody. My other fear is that the little guy is going to get left out. Yeah. Not, ju not just the end user, but the small business, the small, you know, um, uh, 
state or a city and uh, local government. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the wherewithal. Um, and, and we're sitting in these meetings and everybody's talking about, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a, the one-man gang, right? Right. right. And, and so what we've, the other thing we've been doing is really making this a turnkey plug-and-play program. Yeah. So we, we give them email templates with images to help promote the program. And, again, try not to do too much. Keep, keep a smile on their face and keep cyber on their mind. And that's really um, what, that's my two biggest fears. The small companies not, not, um, not getting access to it and um, the end user being the last consideration on developing the content, okay? Stuff we're saying, the stuff we're pushing out is reinforcing and reminding them right. what they already know and have already been taught. But it just gives them a, a weekly or more, even more frequent opportunity to keep that in mind. Well, I think what's great is, you know, a lot of organizations invest a lot of money in technology. And sometimes the one downside is the is the person that fails, right? Yeah. You know, you, you, can, you, you put a lot of barriers and you put all these checks and balances and processes in place. And just one person has to make the wrong move at the wrong time. And sometimes it's, it's not even entirely their fault. You know, an emotional state of mind or distractions or whatever's going on that just makes that simple mistake. And um, so I think things that keep people engaged and aware of what's going on and what you offer, I think, is a, a fantastic solution. And I've even watched some of the videos myself, and I thought they were very entertaining. And I can tell you what, the amount of training I've sat through in my entire career, I would have much better, much rather watched your stuff. So Yeah, and, and you know, that, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, um, it's got to be it's got to be somewhat interesting and, and engaging. And we've gone to great lengths to do that. Um, I can't even, I lost my thought on, on, on your other comment, but, um, that, that's what we're trying to do. Just bringing something to the common man and talking to him like, a um, like, a, like I said, like a smart friend, right. like a smart friend. Yeah. So, so I, I appreciate you, uh, participating in our, uh, out of the woods for hunting podcast. Okay. A great conversation. Um, so Do I get to make a couple plugs. Yeah, go ahead. Plug okay. away. Please, please come see our content. Um, uh, the, the company name is greatesttrainingever.com. My, my 15-year-old told me that was a little cocky, and I said, that's kind of what I'm going for. She was 15 when she saw my first video with Tim Meadows, yeah. and she goes, that's the principal from Mean Girl. I go, that's exactly who it is. So, and, here, and she's now a freshman in college, but, that is, um, but it's recognizable to a large demographic, and, and, and that's powerful. But come out and check out our demos. We do a, we've got... Um, we just finished a, a ninety. I mean, our Cyber Month campaign. Okay. Uh, we have a Cyber Month program that kind of gives you a whole full month, full month plug and play. But now we have uh, ninety day campaigns that will give you a, a, a video per week, uh, some wild card Fun Friday stuff, and then also uh, uh, give you a Cyber Week if you want to do a, a, a focus week on fishing, cyber hygiene, okay. uh, AI, whatever. Yeah. And we and we can work with you and, and uh, you know try it out, seeing, believing, get it in front of your people and uh, and get their feedback and uh, but no, become a fan. It's uh, it's good stuff and your people will thank you. the The actual end user feedback we get it blows my mind. I, and people that you know they'll call me up and I and and go and they'll tell me about yeah. how much they love our videos. They're going and who are you? So I, I work for these guys. I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they just bypass their their uh, their cyber team to, to reach out and tell us how much I loved it. That's so, cool. so that's cool. All right. And uh, uh, if you want to see some of T-Sean's uh, brilliance, he's got a YouTube channel. It's T-Sean Shannon, no spaces. And uh, 
it's uh it's PG thirteen or 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 worse some of the stuff. But anyway, you're on your own looking at that. But check us out, become fans, become clients, and get your people involved. Absolutely. So I hope everyone uh, took notes on that. We'll definitely be including things in the notes, and maybe some things we'll show. Um, so with that, happy hunting, everyone. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Out of the Woods podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Cyborg Security, check us out online at www.cyborgsecurity.com and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time.